podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Kiss Means means Forever. Forever. This is the podcast where we talk about all of the things that you feel is beautiful and wonderful in your life and all of the things that throw you for a loop and then do your hair wrong. I'm not sure. Um, sure. (laughs) We're talking about uh, things that happen in our favorite made-for-TV romance, favorite used loosely, because what we talk about is all that's terrible and all that's wonderful but still also terrible within these films, the kinds that you find on Hallmark. Netflix, and, well, just today, Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, Netflix. Um, So, you know, we like to do the ones where more people have access to watching the movies if they so desire. Mm -hmm. So we were like, hey, this movie is coming out. This seems like it's right up uh, our podcast alley. Let's do this one. So we today are talking about The Royal Treatment, which just dropped on Netflix on January 20th. So if you do end up wanting to see this or having seen it, you can follow along that way. Um, (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) So so just before we started recording, Hannah was telling me about like how this was different than what she had expected when we chose to do this. So I'm curious about what that is. I just thought this would be more fun ridiculous Mm. than bafflingly bananas this was and like we'll get into it I'm sure but like I think they were trying to make a social commentary but just like in the most clunky way you could possibly do anything sure and like I didn't need social commentary yeah not in a movie like this there were a lot of layers (laughs) there this movie is an onion and for a lot of reasons, in <laughs> but it, it's 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 an old onion. It's a it's a rotting onion. It's an it onion makes your that eyes be... hurt <laughs> and it smells, but it has layers. So this, is, uh, in case anybody wants to know what we thought of this movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into it, Katie. Let's talk about this movie, the royal treatment. Oh my goodness, let's do it. Okay, so this is Netflix's little description. New York hairdresser Izzy seizes the chance to work at the wedding of a charming prince. But when sparks fly, will love or duty prevail? And it stars Laura Morano and Mina Masood, or Aladdin. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so here is what we say about it. Izzy is a young Italian-American hairdresser living up at the top of Manhattan, 183rd Street, um, played by Laura Murano. She works at her family's hair salon with her mother, grandmother, and two of her friends. While she loves her life and her neighborhood and is a great stylist, hair is not her passion. She longs to travel and see the world and do general good all over said world. But she's needed where she is, and she is a good daughter, so she reads the tabloids for fun, feeds the entire neighborhood population, and is generally the responsible one around. You know, that kind of person. Prince Thomas of Lavania, played by Mena Masood, is in town, which has hit Izzy's tabloids pretty hard. And he is in desperate need of a haircut. Like, uh, he's 
got a mop on the top of his head and he looks like a Muppet. Uh, he is about to get engaged, which means pictures. So this really can't be put off at all. His butler person, Walter, means to make an appointment with the fancy salon, but relies on the phone virtual assistant, think Siri, but, you know, with, without branding, uh, which surprisingly, or rather, which unsurprisingly, gets it wrong. Instead, the phone contacts Izzy, who agrees to come downtown to cut the prince's hair in his hotel suite. At the hotel to cut his hair, Izzy witnesses a royal aide verbally eviscerate a maid. Because Thomas doesn't speak up and defend the maid, Izzy is incensed and decides that she cannot be party to such cruelty, leaving the prince without a haircut. But he tracks her down at her shop and apologizes, so she does end up giving him his haircut after all. He is thrilled with it and charmed by Izzy's lack of pretense with him. She goes to show him to the subway and they end up attempting to stargaze from New York City, so they see two stars. Um, Because as we know, you can't see much with the light pollution. The next morning... Walter learns that the wedding hair and makeup stylists have dropped out and suggests that Izzy and her friends be the replacements. Leaving her mother and grandmother in charge of the salon, Izzy, Destiny, and Lola embark to Lavania for a few weeks for the wedding, all on the prince's dime, of course. Finally, Izzy gets a chance to see the world. Travel. <laughs> Settled in the castle like guests, the stylists are put to the test. Izzy passes with flying colors, but Destiny and Lola do not. Their aesthetic is much too flashy for a royal, so they are essentially enrolled in royal styling boot camp for the entirety of their time in Lavania. Izzy, on the other hand, is free to explore the town at her leisure. After wandering around the touristy parts, she discovers another, more working-class side of town called the Uber, which is literally, like, translated in whatever language Lavania speaks as the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Quite we are literally. get into this. <laughs> uh, since it's more similar to the neighborhood that she's from, uh, she's completely comfortable there, but can also see that it's much, much more Im- impoverished. That night, with Lola and Destiny too tired to join her, Izzy heads out to explore the nightlife. Walter, believing that she should not go alone because, you know, misogyny, suggests that (laughs) Thomas goes with her. When they get to town, there is no nightlife. (laughs) It's only in the Uber uh, uh, that there's any activity, and it's bustling. Izzy drags Thomas there, even though he's been told it's the dangerous part of town. There, they find the people having essentially a street festival and join in. Thomas is delighted to find out that the Uber is actually fine and the people are friendly. Oh, who knew? Poor people. It'd be nice. (laughs) But Izzy discovers that they are not getting their needs met. After the festivities, Izzy and Thomas talk about life, which is where Izzy learns that Thomas is essentially not allowed to know anything about the running of his own kingdom, and that his marriage is essentially arranged. He tells her that she needs to be more proactive if she wants to see changes in the world. He literally says, be the change you want to see in the world. (laughs) Thank you, Gandhi magnets. (laughs) Um, Taking this to heart, Izzy begins a donation campaign to help the people of the Uber. 
Thomas joins in, and together they gather toys and furniture and food. But the mother of Thomas's fiance has noticed Thomas's fascination with this hairdresser person. She secretly follows them and snaps an incriminating looking photo that she gets distributed to the papers. This made me think a lot of the uh, Rebecca Ted um, Lasso photo. <laughs> with the lion. <laughs> with the lion. Yes. That, I, I had that. I was Because it's the same kind of like situation where like they're literally just like helping them look better. <laughs> in the, in the, that's what's happening. <laughs> Uh, horrified, the king demands that Izzy be fired and sent home. And while Thomas fights this, he, you know, as we said, has no power whatsoever. And Izzy goes back to New York and the salon that has just had a terrible gutting electrical fire. Dear Lord. <laughs> so Thomas confronts his father, who finally tells him that the monarchy is broke and his wedding is a way of ensuring that they can keep their lifestyle intact. At first, Thomas feels obligated to help his father, but after talking with Walter, uh, his, you know, butler man, uh, he decides that love is too important. So he speaks with his fiance, who it turns out is also less than thrilled to be getting married at this point. And so everyone can be happy, except maybe Thomas's parents, who are now going to stay broke. Back in New York, Izzy has dealt with the fire issue at the salon by speaking directly to the landlord and not the property manager. Turns out the property manager was supposed to upgrade the wiring, but never did, and everything is his fault. So he's run out of the neighborhood. He's a jerk. Um, yeah, he's, he's a crook. Uh, Izzy has also accepted the job of managing the community center because she loves kids and doesn't want to spend her life as a hairdresser, and that's what she is actually called to do with herself. Yes. Out on the fire escape, Izzy is looking at the non-visible stars, <laughs> the two stars that you see in New York City. Uh, she hears a horse, who and who should appear riding it, but Thomas. He tells her he's called off the wedding and that he wants to spend his life with her. It's not exactly a marriage proposal, but it's in the ballpark. So they kiss, and since one, one kiss, kiss means, means forever. forever, looks like it's Princess Izzy, especially from the cartoon credit sequence, unless the monarchy falls due to neglect, but that probably won't make much difference to them. <laughs> Katie. How do we even begin the what-the-fuckiness of this movie? Oh, God. I mean, there's... There, there's. I know how I want to end it, but I don't know how, how to begin. Okay, so <laughs> here's here's one thing that I maybe don't understand at all. Mm -hmm. So the Lamott family, mm -hmm. who is the family that the prince is marrying into. Yeah. Um, it, so this feels very Princess and the Frog to me, where, um, mm -hmm. okay. you know, Prince Naveen is probably going to marry Charlotte LaBeouf because daddy's got oil money and mm -hmm. their country is basically broke. Yeah. But in this day and age in 2022... Why do they need marriage in order to strike this deal? They were like, you need to marry her daughter so we can give them this land or sell them this land. I feel like that's not something that no. you do now. You can no, just strike it, a deal. Nothing about that makes any sense. Absolutely Nothing not. about any of it makes any sense because, all, I mean, this entire country makes no sense because it is like there's there's no way 
it's more than a town. They describe it as a town. Yep. It is literally a castle on a hill with some town below it. You know what this makes me think of? <laughs> this this country makes me think of a science fiction planet. Because you know how like like Tatooine is really only a town? It's not an entire planet. <laughs> Don't tell that to to uh, Book of Boba Fett. They've actually like added some some places. Oh, have uh, they? Maybe, okay. Yeah. It's it's getting bigger. Okay, cool. <laughs> This this when you always see you're like I'm flying to the planet of Naboo, which is really only this like <laughs> this yeah. one city. Right. That's it's what this one... country feels like to me. Well, uh, so this country baffled me because they tell us where it is in relation to another country that we we'll know talk of, about later. which we'll talk about. But the it's like there's this had to have been filmed in, filmed in New Zealand. Like it was. On, I double yeah. checked. Um, in like Dunedin or however you pronounce it. Because this, they say it is east of what is essentially essentially a Central European country. But this is not a Central European country. This is a Mediterranean country mm-hmm. or a Southern Hemisphere country. Clearly, like it, clearly. it made me think of it made me think of like this could be like Croatia. I would call that Mediterranean. Yeah, but like, it, but it also has that sort of feel where it is Eastern Europe, but Southern. <laughs> but it's not east of anything. East of North, east of Eden. <laughs> like I was just like east. There, there's no. What are you talking about east? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was upset. Um. I mean, just everything about this country is like, you know, this, this castle, which is just sort of like a a manor home. Yeah. It's a mansion. It's like the king and queen are just like around. Uh, so maybe it was like Hawaii, but not Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, Before colonialism. It it, like, I think we can't think this hard because it's not allowed. No. Um, but, like, this country is just insanity because also the idea that your crown prince is, like, not expected or even allowed to, like, know about affairs of state yeah, was really baffling to me. Like, I it just – I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Absolutely. I think we need to talk about the fact that she crosses literal train tracks to get to the Uber. <laughs> It's very, very not at all subtle, especially with how it's filmed. I mean, um, it, it is close. It's not exact, but it is it is close to one of those things where, like, she crosses the train tracks and it becomes a black and white movie. Like, <laughs> that's not. That's not incorrect. Absolutely. Like, and it the- loses, like, actual color saturation, it feels like. <laughs> where and like and they i think they added more like technicolor when she's walking through the actual cities yeah whatever. Well, right it's it, like it, it's like I, i'm pretty sure the uber doesn't have any green <laughs> or red or something <laughs> it's all gray right it's like gray and dust colored <laughs> i did feel a little bit um confused for a minute and maybe that so this is kind of a personal what the fuck in like the space of this movie. So you you hear at the beginning of the movie that maybe she wants to be the director of like this community center. Or she's interested in it. And so when mm-hmm. she gets to the Uber and like they're 
She makes friends with this little girl named Esme. She's adorable. She definitely has a New Zealand accent, as do most of the people in this movie that even if they're not. Or there's definitely an Irish accent on one of them. There's a lot of different accents. Oh, the accents in this movie are bananas. That's... I have something to say about that in a new and north in a new and noteworthy. Um, but so she so Esme shows her basically where her after school program is or her school, and she's like, "This is where I sit," and she's like, "I painted this. This is where we do that." And the look on Izzy's face is like, "Oh my god, these people have nothing." But I work in New York City as an after school person, and I thought that looked great. <laughs> Like, you have a pillow, you have art supplies. What is your problem? I was like, this looks like a really great open space within which to move. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I got the impression that maybe it was school proper. Oh, but still. Gotcha. Then it would make more sense. But, I mean, like, yeah, okay. There, like, I, I understood that, like, we don't have anything. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, like, is this a one-room schoolhouse? Do all the kids go here regardless of age? You know, there's Yeah, probably. Um, that would make it more like, sad, I guess. If the things you don't have are desks, of all the things for kids not to have, that doesn't freak me out that much. I mean, like, of course you want some place for the kids to sit, but they did have pillows. And I was kind of yeah. like, eh. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world to make kids sit, sit on the floor. Like, they're kids. They're bendy. <laughs> Like, clearly, they could have used more, but also, like, it wasn't, like, oh, my God, these people are, like, so impoverished, they're going to die. Yeah. Levels. I mean, that's that's how I felt about this, the street festival, too, where I was like, okay, all of these people are dressed in ethnic-style clothing. So, like... From everywhere. Yes. That's, that's why I put it that way i was like i could make a case that this is like central or south american this is african this is like eastern this european is southeast, southeast asian yeah like, like a, a genuine everywhere like, but but they all there's something about it that like if you were like show me a stereotypical peasant you would put them in these clothes <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Amazing. I get it. They're peasants. I don't even want to use other words. They're peasants. Yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. But, but, like, they had food. They were clearly eating okay. Like, I'm not sure why she had this, like, need to give them all pasta or cut their hair. I was actually really upset about that. Yeah. I think she just wanted to help beautify and feed. And I and I and I'm not sure about the food meaning just like to feed them. I think she wanted to bring some of her own culture to them. Yeah, I know. That's that's part of what made me a little uncomfortable of like, do you need to do this? Like is this isn't as helpful as I think you think it is. And yeah. the haircut thing, like I don't know. I think it's kind of problematic to be like, I'm gonna show up at a school and cut every single kid's hair. Even if they kind of like don't want don't me want to, it. yeah, yeah, like because they're like she even points out a kid who is like clearly like, nope, I don't want and this. didn't want one anyway, yeah, who had short hair already, yeah, and was <laughs> like, hiding in a barrel, yeah, right, like, <laughs> and she, I'm sorry, Esme's haircut was not cute. No, I agree. She looked like she was like a secretary from the '80s. Yeah, why did she need a bob? She's nope. like seven. 
Because seven-year-olds want to look 30. <laughs> Didn't you when you were seven? Uh, actually, yes, but that that's a separate issue. Neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I feel like we would be remiss because, like, we always talk about this when there's a, something that happens in New York at any point, And we're like, this is obviously not New York. Obviously not New York. But I wanted to point out one what-the-fuck moment that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, where they they mention a couple of times that she's at 183rd Street, so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. super in the heights, whatever. And so when after she ruins her moment with cutting the hair, she says she walks back because she doesn't have the money to take the train again. Also, okay, so she doesn't have the money to take the train again. Most New Yorkers have a monthly, but whatever, I don't care. Maybe I, you not. Know, even, even that. This is the type of girl that would jump that turnstile. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Agreed, but. So assuming that that's like Midtown, that's a uh, there was a there was a I saw a, like an NW sign right outside the hotel. Sure, I, like, I decided it was Fifty Ninth Street, but she was on the <laughs> east side. Which, <laughs> but the One Eighty Third is exclusively on the west side because otherwise you're in the Bronx. So she walks back home, which would be hours, hours like would be a really really long walk. But they say you walked all the way from uptown. <laughs> which to, which so in my brain I'm like so she's not coming from an uptown because 183rd no. street is the up best of the uptown so I'm like wait are they in little Italy or what, like am I misreading this maybe maybe the salon is not on 183rd but it is um, so I just had to like bring that up as because we have to about stupid New York geography yeah also you know as as much as it probably would take her hours to walk we have been told that she arrives at the hotel at noon. They start cutting the hair pretty cl- pretty quickly. Yeah. And this, this interaction where she storms off in a huff. I'll be really generous. 1230. Sure. She shows up in the dark. Yeah. I think I think I once I think I walked with my dad from a hundred where I used to live at 165th Street to 72nd Street, and I think it took us about two and a half hours. Yeah, I, I, like if you if you were to tell me it was like two to three hours, I would have totally buy that. It's the fact that it got dark. Yeah, I don't think it's as far. It's I don't not think even it's winter time. No, I also do not believe that she would have not passed enough change on the on the ground to make up 275 subway fare if she really was anyway anyway or that it would have taken him exactly that long to find out what salon she actually was from and then drive up there like whatever when he said he's gonna take the train i was like absolutely not you bullshit um can we talk about the headline on the newspaper yes (laughs) Because it is Italian tomato seduces prince. I lost my mind. I liked it. I have you never heard of a woman referred to as a tomato before? No, I have. Here's here's the thing that really I like. She is in this country, in this con in in Lavania. She's not Italian. She's American. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's, but she's super Italian American. Yeah, but she would still be considered American. Like I suppose she's so. not Italian. She's American. True. She's only Italian in America because she's Italian American. 
Americans are a blank up... slate, though. We always just refer to ourselves as where we're from. Right. But I was, okay, I was actually reading a BuzzFeed art- article, you know, listicle the other day that was like, you know, one of those things of like t- top 20 things like people from other countries think are weird in the United States or, you know, whatever. One of them was that you, we refer to ourselves as like Italian or Polish or, you know, what whatever. Yeah. And they were like, no, you're all American. Like, I would never, like, yes, my ancestors are from this place in the world, but I would still consider myself, like, a Brit. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that that's what it made me think of. It was like, they never would ever con- refer to her that way. That's also, true. Also, how do they, like, do they know that she's Italian-American? That seems like a lot of things to learn in a very short amount of time about staff. I don't know. Did they, Did she ever meet the crappy mother-in-law maybe that's how i don't how I think should... so gotcha i don't i don't know i don't know it's a good question it was such an odd way to like like seduces i was also like i'm sorry the picture is literally of her fixing his hair yeah but it looks sensual how would they know who did the seducing well they don't they they don't know because it's a tabloid and tabloids just make stuff up all the time that's true but i mm, i i was I was a little like, oh, my goodness, title of this. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, man. I hear you so much. Um, my, my last what the fuck that I think is worth talking about, because I think it really is the biggest what the fuck. And it goes along the, the, the Netflix like description. You know, will love or duty prevail, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Izzy takes the job at the community center. Mm-hmm. And then the prince comes and says, I'm in love with you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the animation that happens over the credits at the end show mm-hmm. that they go back to Lavania and have, like, time in Lavania. So what did prevail, love <laughs> or duty? Did she give up her job at the community center that she wanted so much and it was such a big thing? Did she move back to Lavania? Does he abdicate the throne? I have no idea what happens at the end of this movie. Can I read you my note at the yes. end, my final note? It said, how are they making this work? Is the monarchy of Lavinia still a thing? All the problems are still there. I know. <laughs> but they ride off on 183rd Street on a horse. <laughs> it was just like, no, we're in love, so everything is fixed. No, it's not. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but the animations were beautiful at the end. They were mm-hmm. lovely. I, I enjoyed them. They were they were lovely, and, but I and had no idea what actually how it ended. Nope, no idea. I know that the Uber was not sold. I got That's that it. much, and and the fiance got to open her purses for dog store. Yes, but like, now like, the kids, even... the kids at the community center in Uptown New York, have no director because or, that or we know like of. only a part time director. I, I, Did I they move know. it to Lavania? Well, the, all those kids can't move to Lavinia. That's insane. Apparently, maybe. I don't know. With love, anything is possible. Lavinia doesn't have the infrastructure for like <laughs> 10 more families. <laughs> Our sewage system is up to here. <laughs> okay. So my final what the fuck moment that I don't know if you caught, but I ended up doing research because I was like, what the fuck is this? The credits song. Of oh this my god, movie. yes. 
So where it's a it's, song that we know, but it's not the song that we know. Oh, like I was like, is this like a response to Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody? What is happening? So I looked it up. Uh, it is sung by Laura Morano. She sings so, another song in this movie, too. Yeah. So Things she, you learn she, when you watch it with subtitles. <laughs> um, but so this is I, I found the lyrics to this song and there there are more but like i want to dance with you i feel the heat with you won't you be my somebody won't you tell me you love me don't you want to dance don't you want to dance don't you want to dance i want to feel the heat Mm. with you and i'm like this isn't plagiarism but it feels like plagiarism yeah and i was like i'm like i'm genuinely unsure if this is a homage, response, I'm not supposed to notice how similar they are. I don't know. They're the same song. It's just, but instead of it's, oh, I want to dance with somebody, it's I want to dance with you. Yeah, but it's, but it's like, will you be the somebody? Yeah. Like, I want to dance with somebody. You be the somebody, please. It's being more specific. So <laughs> at first it was just somebody, but now I've decided, I've done, I've grown up a little bit I've and now I'm research. singing the same song and I've I picked the somebody that it's going to be. So it's the second act reprise of this song. And it, but like, and the tune is very it's similar. Yeah. It's no, like, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Well, parts of it are, not all of it, but it's felt like it was like a little bit off and and that might just be because the lyrics are not the same number of syllables maybe that's what I'm hearing maybe yeah I don't know I don't know but it was close enough that I feel but I feel but, like it was meant to be an homage okay but here's the thing the more most of the people watching this movie do they know Whitney Houston who doesn't know Whitney Houston children Potentially, people I don't still know. know Whitney Houston. I feel like okay. Whitney Houston transcends. Okay, like this just, is this I, is like, not like saying know. Wilson Phillips. This is this okay. is Whitney Houston. Well, like it was the kind of thing where I was like, does this come off as like a song you've never heard, or does it sound like? Wait, I know this. This is very weird. Weird. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you, those of you who are under the age of twenty-five who are watching, who might be listening to this podcast, can write to see if you know who Whitney Houston is. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't. We don't know people in the right age group, I guess. All right, so we jump into Hallmark Hallmarks. Let's do it, Hallmark Hallmarks. Okay, uh, so my first one. This is a. I, I just decided to put it as this because I felt like this was this is a judgment call on my end but I am calling it unwarranted antagonism yeah okay (laughs) because I think that was a overblown reaction to them both seeing the same thing and neither of them saying anything at the time yeah 100% especially with scissors in her hands (laughs) that was absolutely scary yeah uh, my first Hallmark Hallmark is she knows the names of everyone on her commute. <laughs> we have stargazing. I had that too. Um, I had uh, <laughs> the prince deigns to hang out with a local. <laughs> <laughs> Using someone's body to point something out. It's like taking their own arm to point instead of pointing with yours oh that is so oh my god that's good 
<laughs> um, we have the blonde rival, sort mm-hmm. of. Yep. Uh, working class people don't have any sense of how to act with decorum. <laughs> and on that note, they are kind to servants and appalled that the royals are not. <laughs> right. They There's no uh, understanding of class structure of any kind. <laughs> They're people. Of course I would know her name. (laughs) Anyway, we have a makeover montage. Izzy's dad is dead, so life is hard. Oh my god, I have the two! (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have our... um, local color meal uh where they they go mm-hmm. to a place and then they go to the you know they see mm-hmm. a bit of local color with the mm-hmm. dancing and stuff mm-hmm. um we have a recreation of the one childhood memory that's been shared yes at one point he says i want to show you something and it ends up being <laughs> and it ends up being the stars again <laughs> so stargaze twice except this that's stargaze i was like I don't think there's a place in this galaxy that looks like that. <laughs> Maybe on Tatooine or Naboo. <laughs> like, it is, it looked so computer, like, it's like, what is it? I, like, I don't understand. Um, we have the friends becoming friends with some of the other people randomly oh, as well. yeah. Um, we have a stop the car moment. <laughs> And then there's really no reason to do it. Yeah, because they just sit in the back. She stops the car, and then her mom calls her, like, after she stopped the car already. And then they keep going. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, We have bad driving, or, like, saying they know how to drive and and doing it bad. That's funny. Now, my last one that I wrote down is calling off the wedding day of. That is was also my last one, so yay. Yay! Pretty parade. Pretty parade. Um, so I have two things to talk about. Okay. Neither are positive. The only pretty parade that I wrote down was chandeliers. So I'm pretty okay. uh, predictable. All right. Well, so my real anti is Izzy's going out on the town at night outfit which is like a yellowy brown orange ruffle thing I mean like she's thin so she can basically wear anything but it's just not like it's not something that anybody needs to ever put on their body it's weird (laughs) like it's like half peasant outfit, half like slutty, you know, club outfit, but also yellow. <laughs> I actually didn't hate it. Okay. And only because I feel like, so to describe it for you, it is a ruffle skirt, kind of yellow, florally, whatever. Um, it had a belt. Uh, she had her money purse attached to said belt because a girl like that would not have a purse. And mm-hmm. she also was carrying a jacket like a good girl should mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in case it gets cold. But then so it's the skirt and then it's a crop top, which matches the skirt exactly, which also has ruffles. And all of her outfits are off the shoulder mm-hmm. um, because she's Italian. 
Mm-hmm. And I also have another thing to say about that later. Okay. Um, about these outfits. Um, so I thought I thought it fit the mood. And I think that like if I was a young person like going out on the town in like let's say Italy or something, I probably would wear something like that similarly. I think uh, – here's the thing. Is I think if you were to wear something like that, it wouldn't be yellow. It wouldn't be as ruffly. And it would stop by the knees. Sure. It's I like the, long dresses, though. It's just a weird choice for what she says she wants to do. That's fair. I think that's fair. But it does um, make her fit in more with the peasants. Yeah, she looks like a peasant. Uh, <laughs> um, but my, like, note just kind of across the board was she seems to have lost the bottom half of all of her shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she has a she has a she, style. It's like she only wears crop tops. Yep. Do people still wear crop tops? Yeah. Oh, thing? yeah. They have made a comeback oh, in the they? last okay. like two years. Absolutely. Okay. It's hard. Like I went, sh- I went shopping online like kind of recently, and it was hard to find something that wasn't a crop top. To be Gross. honest, or wasn't shorter. I long for the days in the early aughts where things were long and tunicky. Long. Yes. Yes. Long <laughs> and tunicky, please. Let's keep it that way. Across the universe? Yeah, I suppose we should dive into that real quick. I have quite a few. Okay, go for it. Well, the first one I want to talk about, which kind of relates to this outfit then, I'll do that first, is like we said at the beginning, um, Nina Minute is a lat is plays Aladdin. And there's a moment here where he goes and does the opposite of what Jasmine does, where he dresses up in his normal street clothes and like goes out on the town and sees life on the other side and whatever. Yeah. Which is why I think she's dressed up in all of these kinds of off-the-shoulder crop tops because she looks like Jasmine. In oh, all, that's upsetting. I don't like that at all. All of her, all of her tops look like Jasmine tops. Yeah, Am I no. wrong? No, you're not. I, I didn't put that together, but I hate it. And you're right. <laughs> Except she she doesn't ever wear like a green or blue. She's no. always in like a, a warm colors, like reds yeah, and yellow. She's Italian. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess we should say this is a Netflix movie. So yep. the Lavania is east of Aldovia. Mm-hmm. Aldovia is the country that a Christmas prince is prince of. So now we have two neighboring princes. Or three, I'm sorry, three neighboring principalities because in, we've already established that the princess switch place says so. Four, actually, I'm sorry, four. We're well, gonna, I'm gonna remember them all. <laughs> are all, also in this universe, um, where an American is married to the royal, and two of them, it's a like low class person from New York City. Yeah. <laughs> so just putting that out there of like the Americans are taking over Central Europe. <laughs> As well they should. Just kidding. <laughs> but did you notice that they also refer to another? Okay, I, go ahead. I did. Do it. I did. Uh they talk about Genovia. Genovia. <laughs> So are we to assume that Anne Hathaway is also in this universe? Yes. She's much older now. She's okay, like I guess so. Is she is she married to Chris Pine in this universe? Sure. 
is are Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine a royal couple in this universe? I'm kind of into that. I want to go to those parties. <laughs> so maybe their offspring. <laughs> no, their offspring would be like 10. It's not going to be that old. It's a married couple. You know, it's royalty. They marry younger people all the time. Gross. <laughs> 10 year olds. 10 year olds. 10 year olds. <laughs> I'd say a 10 year difference isn't that bad. Yeah. It's it's not about the age difference. It's about the age of the child. True. Oh, they're not getting married now. Oh, okay. But I'm okay. Th- I'm saying that oh, the saying heir to in... Genovia okay, could be promised the... to okay. the heir of Aldovia. Okay. No, that that's fine. That I don't yes. have a problem with. I was thinking you were you were saying like oh, like they're gonna be married as a child. Oh no, no. no. Oh, okay. I'm talking okay. about being promised to you know because yeah. that's how okay. marriages work now because Genovia and Aldovia need to cha- to share their um imports and land and stuff which is how right. people do it now right by arranged marriages right because business arrangements are only done through marriage yes as we've learned of course it's history i had just like two other across the universes that are really really fast um at the beginning um before he gets his hair cut he is a prince right but he also looks like prince because he's wearing he has a very specific <laughs> haircut like and he's wearing like a purple suit so i'm like this is a purple rain um and then at the end we have a moment when he he does come up on a horse and then his friend her friends drive up in a limo like and it was very pretty woman to me i also thought pretty woman cuz they're on the fire escape exactly. he's coming up to her yeah she's wearing a crop top <laughs> So I we needed to throw that out that that yeah. was not lost on us. Yeah. Um. I have two new and noteworthies. Okay, go ahead. Well, one I referred to before is that Lavinia is super multicultural. <laughs> I think it's I it think is it's whoever than, we could find. Yes, it's more of a melting pot than the tenements of New York City back in Which the. She actually century. she calls it a melting pot. Great, a mosaic. <laughs> then sure. <laughs> um and. My other new and noteworthy is that he does not have the royal accent. It's true. He doesn't. He has the American accent to her exaggerated Italian-American New York accent. Yeah. Usually, like, our our principalities like this have a somewhat English Mm accent-ish sort of thing. He doesn't. It's standard American, basically. Yep. That is true. Um, And his butler is gay. Yes. I loved that. Yeah. I was... Like, I mean, it sort of happened in the credit sequence that, like, maybe Walter and Richard found each other again. Yeah. But I was like, I actually, that's the part of the story that I would like to, like, go on that journey. Like, can we take a detour or, like, just leave this one over here? I'd rather go on that journey. <laughs> I agree. And I'm glad they included it in that animation. I feel like I learned yeah. more from that animation than I did from most of the movie. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. What about, do you have any supporting shout outs? Well, I did think that Walter was the only person who grew emotionally during this movie. I think that's <laughs> so fair. I gave him my supporting shout out. Though I will also say that Lola and Destiny seem like the only two people who are having a good time in this movie. <laughs> I would agree. And I wanted to sp- specifically shout out Lola because I thought she was amazing. Both of these women are from New Zealand, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell with their accents sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I loved the way Lola spoke because she's like, at one point she's tired and she's like, I lost my possess. <laughs> I just thought she was great. But there was one line that I loved that she says when they first come to Lavania. And she's like, wow, it's so beautiful here. There's no graffiti or trash or tall buildings. Ooh, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. And I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. No, they were they were the ones having a good time. I feel like everybody else was doing a job and pretending like they were having a good time, but kind of knew they weren't. <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. They were great character actors. Kiss meter. <sighs> okay. I okay, I gave it a seven, okay. which might be kind of high, mm-hmm. but ultimately when they first came together, I didn't think it was su- I didn't think it was super bad. They look okay kissing. Obviously it's the end of the movie. They earned this kiss, sure. But then it just kept happening. <laughs> like I feel like they go in and out of that kiss like three times, and it was a very long kiss, and I was getting uncomfortable. So I feel like I should rate it less, but I'm going to keep keep it as a seven. Okay. Well, I'm just going to read you exactly what I wrote for myself. Okay. I gave it a six. Okay. I said, there's a lot in in and out, littler kisses, but also it's weirdly chaste and intimate simultaneously. I don't really know how to describe it, but it doesn't make me happy. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. I was just like, no. It reminds me a little bit of the kiss at the end of the lake house, which is very, like, the only reason I remember that is because there was a how did this get made and they brought it up about this. And then I went and I to YouTube and watched it and it was like, it is really weird. Like, like, you know, like this weird, maybe our lips can't actually touch for longer than like two seconds at a time kind of like like in and out like kiss 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 instead of like i would like to eat your face Mm. i like little kisses every now and then i think it's cute like in clueless when they come off the freeway and and dion that's a completely different thing that that is a that's a that feels very different instead of the like this is our first kiss ever i've been waiting to do this for a really long time I think I would like to kiss you really, really short little kisses. It's weird. <laughs> All right. I give you that. I still give you that. But Hannah, <sighs> would you watch this movie? No. Katie, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> uh, my, I, I called it a face, a face plant for Netflix. It bad. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How about you? Um, I should I should preface this by saying I, I did watch this movie having a booster fever, <laughs> which probably made it much more of an experience than it would have been if I had I not been boosted and feeling my immune response. But um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch this movie. I f- I'm sad because somebody we saw. I saw somebody on Twitter who's part of our like you know watching this these movies like us that mm-hmm. said this was basically like the beautician and the beast and i loved it or like i loved it because it was like beautician and the beast i i see that i would rather watch beautician and the beast because mm-hmm. Fran's dresser is amazing mm-hmm. um 
even though that movie is crazy. But I, I just feel like there was so much happening in this movie that wasn't explained that was that, that was really awkward. I agree with you on the social commentary, but I also felt like this is not the kind of movie where you need to be worried about social commentary. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just a mess. Like, they were trying to do more than they should have with a movie like this while simultaneously doing it sort of lazily. Yeah. And I was this, disappointed because I feel like there is a version of this movie, which is really fun. They just didn't make it. I agree. And I also feel like this movie suffers from the Emma Watson Beauty and the Beast syndrome where she does not have an emotional journey either. She knows mm-hmm. everything and she's right about everything yeah, and everything right. is her way and it stays that way the entire movie. Yes. She, she she there's no growth for her in this movie and there's very little growth for him to be honest. This is true. Except that he learns about his country a little bit more. Yeah. But as I said, Walter is the one who like grew as a person. <laughs> Which is Good old thing. Walter. <laughs> oh man, what a journey, Hannah. What a ride. Well, we we gave this movie the royal treatment. So Yeah, we did. We gave it a shot. We did our best. <laughs> Sometimes we go on these journeys. This is uh just occurred to me, Katie, this was quite the uh, run for us that we're putting this in. I know. I'm so sorry that we're giving you so many bad movies. <laughs> usually, usually we have a lot that we like, but I do. I feel like like we just had we just scheduled ourselves for a lot of not fun ones. Yeah. Like, and I but I don't feel like that was intentional. Like when we when we picked this in my head, this was going to be a fun one and it wasn't. And that's too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Join us in spring and summer when life is a little sunnier. (laughs) Right now, it's the cold, cold winter. Yes. Yes. So thanks, everybody, for listening to us. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. One kiss means forever. Where the one and the four are numerals. We're tweeting the new ones. We're on there just for fun. You can DM us if you want. We don't care. We're we're around. Yeah, hey, do it. Uh, and you can also email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. When that's, and that's all spelled out like it is on our logo. And thank you to Flint Pastors for our intro outro music. You can find us stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And don't forget to rate and review us. Hooray. We'll talk to you later, friends. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.